Okay, everyone, welcome back to part two of our podcast on social media with our rock star, Phoenix Ha. Again, my name is Matt Erickson. I'm the director of marketing with National Positions, an award-winning agency out here in Westlake Village, California. And in the first part of this discussion, we talked about Apple iOS and a lot of those headaches, a lot of uh, we and our clients and brands all over the world had to endure uh, in last year, and they're still kind of feeling the effects of it. So if you want to hear more about that, you can check out part one. But we're going to dive into something that Phoenix is going to know way more about, so I won't have to talk and feel like I have to interject as much, because when we have a new client that comes into uh, our agency, and you should encourage this with anyone, if you're having, if you're thinking of having someone manage your Facebook account or any social media account, um, don't take them at their word. You always want to have them do an actual analysis, an actual audit of what you're doing, what you have done, where you're going, what you could do, all of that stuff, because it really gives you an idea of what kind of impact you can have if, if Facebook is even for you. So we're going to go into, uh, and, and the point of that is Phoenix runs almost all of these audits. Her and her team, her rockstar team, uh, runs all of these audits and sends you know, uh, videos out to new uh, potential clients or even current clients on what they could be doing. So they know where they stand. So Phoenix, I'm going to let you jump into what are some of the most common things you see? It could be a current client or a new client um, when you're auditing an account. Um, I know there's all things, there's structure and testing and creatives, but I'll let you start wherever you want to start. It sounds like you've heard enough of my audits to know exactly how I, I go through the process. But yeah, exactly what Matt was speaking to is I have a rock star team. I think we start there, right? Is um, I have a team and this I think is every business owner, every leader's dream is if I tell them to do something once, they do it once because that's the expectation they have of me. If they ask me to do something once, I will always do it. So it's this camaraderie and it's this collaboration and it's a deep respect. And that respect resounds in our work. It, res it resounds in our audits. It resounds in everything that we do. And um, I'll be completely honest. And I think a lot of salespeople, uh, even anybody, like whether it be internal at national positions or out, cringe when I say I'm very selective with what type of clients we bring in. And it is not an elitist or... Uh, it's not like a, I only want this type of client type scenario. What it really comes down to are, is our core values of doing what's right and being results driven. So for me, if I look at your account and I go, this is, this is probably not going to be a profitable endeavor. I don't want to have you exhaust your resources to hope that you fight against the grain. I have the experience that I have. I have the experience of the team to know, hey, maybe this isn't going to work out for you. And this could but, be anything from, I'm sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but just fine. clarify, this could be anything from, and it's not a knock in any way, shape or form. It could be your business model. You know, it could be uh, your budget. There's nothing wrong um, if you don't have two, five, 10 grand to spend on a certain kind of campaign. It's, it, it's not what Phoenix, and I respect her so much for this, is if there's someone who comes in, they may be a a three month old business and they really just want to hit the ground running. And just realistically, if the, if the, the dominoes aren't lined up or she can see that there's going to be, yeah, there's an impact and there's an opportunity. The last thing she wants to do is go, okay, great. She doesn't want to set you up to fail. And she doesn't want, you know, you to ex expend your financial resources into a place that may not work for you right now. 
Right. Right. And yeah, it's exactly what you said, Matt. hundred <laughs> okay, percent. I'm sorry. I'll stop now. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're fine. I think the idea is that an agency always wants to get your money and, you know, to an certain extent, a lot of agencies might think of it that way. For me, it's like, I want to keep you as a client. I don't want to just have you as a client for the first three months. That's just, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense profitability wise on our end or your end. So if that's the case, I have to look at retention from different angles. And that all starts with an audit. Um, you know, back in the day when I first started here, we used to do audits where we type them out and like, you know, Matt alluded to or spoke to directly is we like to conduct audits where our face is in the bottom left-hand corner. So now number one, you're getting used to who the potential uh, account manager would be. Number two, you see our thought process and the value behind what we bring. And number three, you get to see what we see in real time. Mm -hmm. You get to see why I find this to be a concern or why I find this to be an opportunity. I like to condense it down to about five minutes, but let me kind of walk you through the main things that I see in these accounts that are the biggest mistakes. Number one is attribution. So I go into accounts that have so many campaigns running, right? But the attribution settings are all different. So what that means is back in the day, there used to be a time window of anyone who uh, viewed your ad or sorry, clicked your ad in 28 days, but viewed your ad in seven days, this is how it's going to report to you. Uh, that was back in the day during the glory days. Now the, the default is seven day click, one day view. So who clicked on your ad within seven days and viewed it one day? Can I ask one question? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, just because I, I do like to do this, I like to kind of be the the lay person on this. Um, and w- we will use a lot of acronyms and we say attribution. We know exactly what we mean. Can, can you just kind of very short, just you know, when we say attribution, especially in Facebook, what are we talking about? Credit. So what attributed to a sale within what time frame? Okay. Okay. So um, the attribution, <laughs> excuse me, setting between 28 day click and seven day view means mm who clicked your ad within 28 days and viewed your ad within seven days and actually transitioned into a sale. Got it. So within that time frame, this is what is going to be reported to you. So you know, you know, of what group clicked, what group of that group, you know, purchased from there, how to attribute success down the line. Right. So if I'm, <laughs> if I have campaigns in an account that have multiple attribution settings, then that tells me number one, uh, we're not looking at things apples to apples and this is a mess. Why, if I tell you that I want seven day click one day view, so people who've clicked your ad in seven days and viewed within one day, why would I look at that as the same of just seven day click no view? Or 28 day, it's all over the place. Got it. Another problem. Consistent attribution settings. Otherwise you don't know what you're comparing or what you're looking at. What are you looking at? Yeah, now that now you're looking at basically if every campaign is different, you're looking at different, it just doesn't make any sense to be honest with you. And um, a lot of people are like, well, this was running back in the day. Why would I turn it off? It's like, okay, but it's again, you're not reporting the same time frame. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm reporting yesterday versus, you know, 15 days ago. It just doesn't make sense. So the second thing that it poses a problem for is when I go into an account, I want to be able to see everything in one breath. I want to be able to go in there and go, okay, what is happening? 
okay? So if, if the attribution settings are different, there's no way to calculate totals. So for example, if I want to see how much revenue you brought in, I can't because they will not populate at the bottom. You have to manually calculate all these things. Now, mm. if your attribution settings are the same, it all calculates. I can see, okay, you have this return on your ad spend. This is how the account's doing, um, which is the second mistake. The third mistake are naming structures. Mm. Okay, so the I have- is, a What's a naming structure? <laughs> Great, you asked, Matt. Hey! <laughs> this is why you need a team, or this is why you need at least somebody who is very educated within the space. So uh, for example, if I'm going to scribble notes down on my notepad, I'm going to understand what I meant by the things that I wrote down on the notepad. But Matt might look at it and go, what in the world is this chicken scratch, <laughs> right? Maybe. The same, <laughs> maybe. And a lot of agencies and independent people, if not business owners, will go in and name things, things that they think are something they'll remember. But I guarantee you, you won't remember. If you looked at it four months from now, you're like, what did I just do here? Mm -hmm. Okay. So naming structures are super important in terms of testing to be able to scale and know what was working and not working. It also is a great auditing tool for you. So for example, if I'm saying, you know, it is an auto, which means auto placement, it can go to either Facebook and Instagram. Now I know it's going to both platforms. Um, what are we uh, trying to go after? We're trying to go to a purchase or a lead. Okay. Then I know what type of campaign this is. If I'm asking, is it a moving asset or a still asset? Then I know right away that is either a still uh, image or it's a video. If it's a video, how many seconds? I just want to see. Also, in terms of your targeting, if I'm going to okay, pay male, female, ages 18 to 65, that are in Texas, 25 mile range, and I have an audit come through or somebody else that's going through myself, mm -hmm. and I'm looking and it says, you're not targeting Texas at all, you're, you're targeting California, and you're targeting people between the ages of 25 and 65, and that just means somebody got lazy, which is human error, something's not right here. And naming structures are so important for checks and balances, also readability and scalability. So that is something super important in terms of account structure as, as well as account naming structure. Got it. So with every, I know you're going to break this down, but so whenever, you know, if you're doing, uh, you know, individual creatives or a certain set of targeting creatives or whatever it's going to be that each, you know, each one of those that's going to go in, because this needs to have a, like, okay, you know, targeting Texas 10 second video version A or something. It needs to be very clear. So as soon because, and this is, you know, normal, there could be, let's say um, a set of creatives, let's say in California, and it was, you know, labeled, you know, Southern California ad, whatever. And they just wanted, rather than having to, someone going in and wanting to recreate all of those, they can just duplicate that whole set and then say, okay, we're going to use that for Texas, but they don't actually name it as such. So therefore it can get confusing as to what we're looking at and, and what's working with, and then even knowing what's working, because if we look at the data and I'll stop, but if we look at the data that we go, this is working great on the agency end, you as a client may go and go, no, it's horrible, but you're looking at the wrong, <laughs> the wrong set because the naming structure isn't there. It's just, 
clean it up. Like my biggest thing is just clean it up. It's like so satisfying when things are clean because you can see where everything is in your home, right? It's the same thing with an ad account. So when you have someone who's junior or you're just doing it for the first time for yourself or whatever it may be, I've had clients and I've done audits where I've had to open up multiple tabs just to see what's going on. You know, that doesn't mean that their strategy is terrible. It just means it's inefficient. So mm-hmm. how do we make it as efficient as possible so we can scale to the degree that we need to? Scaling being how can we take it to another level of getting more profits in and spending more money, uh, hopefully with a better return or at least parallel to what we had already, you know, built up traction wise. So that's another um, mistake. And I would say the third mistake is actual account structure. Mm. So I like to walk people through a funnel. And um, many times when people do their own ads, they just go, oh, well, duh, I'm just going to target people that are within this range that are interested in these things, my product. Okay. okay. Great. Um, but is that a, is that a well-oiled machine for long-term value or lifetime value or long-term growth? Probably not. And the reason why you want to hire somebody who, whether it be us <laughs> or somebody who is very experienced in this is because you look at advertising as a funnel to continuously bring more people in and filter them out and make sure that they're not being uh, beat into with the same messaging, that there is a flow here. So a funnel, because I know you're going to ask me that. <laughs> well, I don't, you're not in my head at all. I don't know what you're talking about. Not Phoenix, what's a funnel? <laughs> a funnel is something you siphon liquids or any type of anything in, right? So you, I've been wrong for so long. I thought so it was so many years. <laughs> I thought it was just in marketing. Well, it is a visual aid in terms of understanding how we uh, bring in new customers and or clients, right? So the idea is that at the top of the funnel, which is going to be the widest part of the physical funnel, is going to be the biggest portion, which are people who've never heard of you before. Mm -hmm. I hate to break it to you. There are millions of people who have never heard of you. So that's why advertising is so great. So Mm -hmm. the top of the funnel, which you'll hear a lot of people say tofu, top of funnel, or I say prospecting, which are, you know, prospecting new people is going to be top of funnel. Usually that is the priciest portion, right? Your cost per acquisition for a sale or a lead is probably going to be higher top of funnel because it takes some time for people to decide, yeah, I want to buy. Yeah. For those people who ever took a business course, we would a lot of, we would just call this the attention part. We don't really call it that as much marketing anymore, but that's like, yeah, that widest you're trying to get your name and product just someone listen to me. That's that top part. Exactly. Then in this middle of the section, which some people call MOFU, I call it retargeting. And we do love our middle, acronyms in marketing, don't we? We do. MOFU is <laughs> middle of funnel. Uh, in my world, it's retargeting. Um, but basically, it's the middle portion of the funnel, right? So it's gotten a little bit narrower. So these people are the warmer audience, people who have been touched by one of your ads or kind of know about you. So I heard about Matt Erickson. I, I remember seeing an ad about it, but I didn't convert into a sale or a lead, right? I'm not convinced yet. So yeah. this is your opportunity to, you know, one, two punch them and go, hey, I, I noticed that you added to cart, but, you know, it's still waiting for you. Or by the way, here's a deal. You're still thinking about it? Take 25% off with code Matt25 or whatever it may be. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that is your middle of funnel. And then you have your bottom of funnel, which is the teeniest, tiniest bit of the, the, the siphoned, um, column or whatever you want to call it. And 
that is going to be your BOFU, your bottom of funnel, and I call it by past purchasers. So people who have purchased from you, but how do you re-engage with them to have them come back? Is this a referral? Is this an upsell opportunity? What are we doing here? Some clients I have it as the clearance section, come and buy again or whatever it may be. So this is a funnel, right? So this continuously recycles and within timeframes, and this is strategy. This is the strategy you need and structure you need. So when I go into clients' accounts or potential clients' accounts, I don't see a funnel there. I also see a huge mistake where they put too much money in the wrong portions of the funnel. Mm -hmm. So if you think of it like a funnel, if you have too much of something in the middle part of the funnel, it gets stuck, right? There's only so many people in the middle portion of the funnel, the bottom of the funnel. You have to keep filling the top or else you're going to exhaust the middle or clog the middle. Yeah. So what does that mean? Lifetime value. So if you put all of your budget into middle of funnel or bottom of funnel uh, efforts, you're going to lose these customers because they're going to be so sick of you because they see the ad so many times. They're like, I don't want anything to do with Matt Erickson ever again or the brand. No offense. No, so, and I think this is a, I know you're going to go into it, but this is just something that is such, it's, in, and I'll just say this because both Phoenix and I, um, I got my MBA a while ago. Phoenix has been you know, getting hers now. And this is something I think even to this day, that's where business school talk stop, ugh, business school talk stops. They go like, here's awareness. And then in the business side, we call it nurturing. And then there's sales or conversion. And that's it. It's done. When really right. th there's going to be, and I know Phoenix is going to go into it because we both love talking about this is sometimes it's like, well, what allocation of your budget should go where? Because when I, for example, my quick thing. So when I was looking at cut shirts, because I just have a, I have a weird body. So I was trying to find the right kind of shirt and I kept seeing these ads. So I looked, that was my awareness branding. Cause I was looking at it. Then I actually went to YouTube and was looking at reviews. That was my nurturing and consideration part. Now that could be on Facebook also. Right. And then I, right after I purchased, I mean, right after I purchased, I got an email from them. This is omni-channel, but it said, forgot something question mark. And I went, wait, what's that? And they had immediately sent me, Oh, if you forgot something, here's a 20% off this. So they immediately were like thinking of the lifetime value. How can I get them coming back? Which is such a huge part of what people just overlook. They, yes, there's a continuous funnel, but, you know, Phoenix, I know you're going to go into it, then I'll stop talking, is that it's how do you maximize all of those and not just churn and burn all the time. Right, right. And I have a lot of, you know, um, that that's kind of made me the black sheep in this industry in terms of what part of the funnel should be the lowest or the highest return um, so mm. when we do reporting, we tell you, okay, so naturally, right, as a business owner, I tell you, Matt Erickson, you're retargeting or your middle of funnel is giving you a six return on ad spend. So your knee jerk reaction is pump more money into that because I'm getting <laughs> the best return there. But I'm not, but you're not making decisions for your long term growth. You're just making decisions because you think it's the best return now. But are you really thinking about that client? returning, coming back. So my argument has always been since the beginning of time and everyone looks at me like I'm crazy is your top of funnel should be your best return. And if it's not, then we have to continuously strategize your top of funnel to be better messaging and more broad. And what, what can we do, especially in the iOS 14.5 space, which is the solution I was speaking to is these mistakes. There are solutions, there's adaptability, but 
Um, my argument is always get better, be better. And you're only competing against yourself. <laughs> so if I, if I can, so with that, because I think you, you bring up a good point because even I completely overlooked it is that you're talking about the top of funnel specifically on Facebook and maybe it should be everywhere, but you know, Facebook maybe is probably not going to be the place you're looking for a lawyer. You know, it's going to be a different, you know, kind of thing, but if you're, so what you're saying is that if you're jumping onto Facebook and you're, you know, testing, you know, creatives and you're testing ads that if your message isn't strong enough, interesting enough um, to make someone, I don't want to say make an impulse purchase because that puts people in a box, but to affect people that quickly, then you probably shouldn't be, you know, going, okay, well, that's okay. We're going to focus further down the play. You can't have blinders onto that. That needs to be your main, one of your main focuses. Well, what, yes. So what has happened during the iOS 14.5 space, right? Is you're limiting on your targeting. If you actually mm -hmm. referenced our first section of this podcast, or I think it's like, you know, the series, first part of the series, um, we talked about the impacts of iOS and the targeting and et cetera. So if we know that, then let's just say Matt Erickson is getting served a plumber ad. And Matt just told me, I don't need a plumber. I live in an apartment. Okay. Well, what if I made an ad in prospecting, knowing that I had limitations in who I could target anyway? Mm -hmm. What if I made an ad that was applicable to everyone, that they needed this because the quality assurance, because the customer uh, satisfaction, or because of the customer service or preventative measures just to have the best? What if I made an ad that went to Matt and he went, maybe I do need a plumber or maybe I this is, this is good to know. Or maybe my mom needs a plumber. If there's any mom that needs a plumber, I'm going to give her this person. So, you know, not all hope is lost. You just have mm -hmm. to be better in your messaging and you have to be broader in your messaging. And um, yeah, I, yeah, I'll end it at that. But there are, those are the three main mistakes I see in these accounts, right? We talked about it. And one of them was what? It was attribution setting mm -hmm. and how you set it up. The number two was naming structures. And then number three that I always see is definitely um, account structure. And um, we can get down to the granular level of ads. Are you using headlines that are optimized? Are you going onto websites that actually will make you convert? And that, again, might be a third portion of this. Yeah. But there I is think, so much. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think you're right. And that's because we, you know, Phoenix and I can geek out on this stuff and I can... Anyone, and I only like to bring people on the podcast who have schooled me in the past and will keep schooling me because I get to, I get to learn a lot doing this. So I think, you know, we'll probably do, um, we'll make it its own thing. Won't be like a part three, but, but I think doing one where we definitely go into, you know, maybe trends we're seeing with, you know, interesting kinds of ad creatives, uh, user-generated content, uh, and also that getting further into that, that last part of the funnel, like, okay, maybe once we have converted people, what other resources can we use to keep them coming back to keep that LTV as high as we can? So, but with that, I think we're going to close this part two. Phoenix, thank you again so much. Um, just to keep this, uh, if you want to find uh, how to contact Phoenix, you can watch the first podcast. But if you want to get a hold of me, you can uh, email me at matt.erickson at nationalpositions.com or marketing at nationalpositions.com. That will go to me. If you want to learn more about national positions, you can go to www.nationalpositions.com. Otherwise, we'll see you on the next podcast. Have a fantastic day. Thanks, Phoenix. Thank you.